0: Today, I'm joined by Kim, my old old friend, and we're talking about fitness, we're talking about wellness. We're going to start off hearing about Kim's journey from teaching to finance to being number one ranked class plus trainer in London. Oh my gosh. And we're going to be looking at the wellness industry as an institution the types of promotion that it does, the pros and the cons. We're going to think about fitness, both as a concept, but also as a practice. And we're going to hear from Kim about the differences between personalized training, generalized training. We're going to hear about different types of fitness. Um, We're going to also think about the, the kind of first steps you can take if you want to become fitter or you want to become healthier. And we're going to hear from Kim about the people she thinks are doing really, really cool work in the fitness and wellness space. I'm really excited about this episode because Kim's one of my favorite people. I think I even say that in the main episode. So I'm saying it twice. Is that true? And you can find her at Kim Aiko or at Food and Lycra. And as always, you can tweet at me at JGE Taylor. Or you can email at sizzle at com. Okay, let's do this. So I'm here with Kim, Kimmy Kim, uh, who I've known for years and years. Um, And Kim, to give a bit of context, is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, class pass numero uno.
1: Yeah, female trainer of the year Uh-oh. from twenty seventeen.
0: Uh oh, okay. <laughs> when when does twenty eighteen come up?
1: I think in January.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, so we'll see. Um Nike trainer. Nike trainer. Nike trainer. I don't actually know what that means, but it it, it is sounds cool to me.
1: What uh, Nike tra- being a Nike trainer? Yeah. Yeah, it is very cool. I can explain about that, that a bit more.
0: And also you you corrected me, sharkish, like Nike. Yeah, is there is there like an agreed way to say?
1: Yeah, it's Nike.
0: Damn, it's Greek. Greek
1: from the Greek goddess. Um, well, I can't remember her full name, but Nike is Nike
0: in Greek is victory. Huh. All oh, right. Okay. So not quote me to on saying...
1: that. I need to double check, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I've just literally read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the founder of one mm-hmm. of the co-founders of Nike, um, and his travels and how they came up with the, the name Nike.
0: You know what? I I actually read really, that's on my Amazon wish list. It's very good. I saw it in a bookshop and man I basically got like a fifth of into it in the bookshop just standing there. Oh, really?
1: It. Yeah, yeah, it's good.
0: Yeah it, it I bought it, it for ripping. myself on
1: holiday and Jason happened to buy it for me as well.
0: No way. They bought each other the same books. No. Yeah like by the pool matching <laughs> 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 That's true. And you also work at two like i I would call them like luxury yeah gyms
1: boutique one boutique gym
0: okay yeah and so i suppose i really want to hear about your your journey through fitness as a starting point because if i think about like 10 years ago i feel like you were doing classes at gyms as in like you were attending them
1: yeah yeah and
0: then you really got into running uh and and now you're kind of here so what
1: Do you want the whole journey? Yeah, man. Yeah. The journey. Okay. How far back is this journey going, though? Like, how?
0: Whatever feels appropriate.
1: To to get me to where I am now. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, um, I'll take it back to after graduation, graduating from uni.
0: So, give give us a rough year. Uh,
1: 2009.
0: Okay. Is it 2009? That makes sense. I was 2009
1: yeah 2009 yeah so yeah that makes sense um so had just freshly graduated um did maths uh really enjoyed it didn't know what I was doing um went into the world of work straight into a graduate uh, graduate scheme teach first Mm.
0: um so Kim just smiled at me (laughs) she smiled at me she actually recommended teach first to me and it basically shaped my career like now I'm an educational psychologist so that that was Kim I was on the bus at the time phone call
1: was it a phone call? Yeah. Do you remember it? I, thought, I remember saying to you, yeah, you'll be sick. You'll be so good. Um, but yeah, that, that was the hardest two years of my life. Um, I wasn't keeping any fitness going during that time. Um, trying, but not doing very well at it. Um, and then after Teach First, I wanted a change. I loved teaching. Did mm-hmm. still wanted to go back to it. Um, but everyone was like, "If you need, if you're going to change anything, do it now rather than later and you can always come back to teaching so I thought right I'll do it now I just haphazardly applied to anything I could in the city um uh, applied to be an actuary which is a very lefty role we have to do more exams and they didn't have any more space for it but they said listen apply to anything else we've got um so I, I just literally it was literally me closing my eyes and really putting my finger on something i had no time to apply for anything at that time as being a teacher you already know joe like it's killer and mm. um, so i just applied and somehow i got the job and i was in audit after teaching um 15 exams later i was a child accountant
0: and miserable it goes in the paper. Yeah. I didn't know that. It (laughs) was in the paper.
1: My name was in the FT FT. as a qualified chartered accountant. Um, Kind of a proud moment. I I, I guess I Instagrammed it.
0: So. I mean, yeah, it it must have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, And throughout that time, I guess um, that's when I started my fitness journey, full
0: and well and proper. So, I, I mean, what does that mean? Like, so you've gone from being a teacher to being an accountant. Yeah. How does fitness fit into that?
1: I guess um, I hated my day job and I was really lost. Um, And one of my mates was working out every Friday night in Shoreditch Park with a group of people playing chink. And I was like, oh, that looks sick, you know. Um, I was like, please, can I come with you? Can I come with you? So I started going with her. And I just loved it. Instead of Friday night going out boozing, I was in a park, in the freezing cold, doing press-ups, burpees, Mm. and trying to do a pull-up, you Mm. know, Um, and squats for days. But it was great. I loved it. And I felt like an element of me was coming out, like my true self. Mm. Um, So I was being a bit more of me. And then I started um, with the same friend who was a part of a run crew called Run Them Crew. Um, I started running with her with that crew because she was doing like half marathons casually wow. and I was just like, rah, I can't even run 2K. How have you done that amount of kilometres?
0: Mm.
1: You know, 21 kilometers. I want to be able to do that. If you can do that, I can do that.
0: Love that.
1: You know? So I was just like, alright, I'm gonna start running with you. And then I signed up to Paris Half Marathon. And then we did it together. And before that we 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 like would run together and be like oh we were really into food as well so fitness and food and we came together and we we're just like oh let's make a website to put all our recipes up because we were posting loads of food on wow. Instagram and everyone was asking for our recipes um, and we're like yeah yeah let's do it let's get um, my other mate involved so this was Laura and Rachel and Food and Light was born yeah. out of that so um, that was a huge part of my fitness journey um us that basically was when instagram had just started there was no fitness influences as such that didn't exist at the time um, and we were just posting about our races and posting about us going out to eat and just having fun and it was really casual um but i guess from that i got really really into it and food and light got doors to me um like different classes that you can do all around london so i started doing like spin classes Doing weights classes and I was just like, oh, there's like so much more to this, mm. and I guess I lost a bit of my runjo, like running mojo, okay. <laughs> and, and started getting into a bit more classes and and more weights training because I kept on getting injured from running just because I had like weak glutes and that I had to start weight training, mm. but it kind of developed a love from there, um, and yeah, and then and this all while I was working long hours in the city and it was it was my release like sometimes I'd be during busy season I'll be working to 1am but my release was packing up and putting my running bag on and running home
0: it's really it's a really great full stop at the end of the yeah. day like I'm taking off of my work clothes I'm putting on my exercise clothes And it's like a different mode.
1: Yeah, and it's also a bit of a reality check because, you know, when you're working till 1am, you reach a really dark corner in your mind, you know, where you're like, why am I here? What am I doing? This is awful. I've got to do this A, B and C by tomorrow. Mm. Um, But I haven't got enough time. I need to go now. I need to get some sleep. And then it's the reality check. You go out and you run and then you realise you're such a small part of this big world you're putting foot to pavement you're moving your body you're rebalancing your thoughts you're rebalancing your body with your mind you're moving it as much as you've worked your brain in a day and it it was just really special to me it was it was more than just fitness it was like it was a release I needed the reality check I needed um and also just just really Good to get in touch with my body again and, and take it to a different place, mm. um, and very empowering. Like just being able to know that I could take my body to that distance. Um, so yeah, that was a huge, huge thing for me during my time at um, in the city. in the like mm. city, um, and then we were approached. Really like we were approached um, and asked if we wanted to audition to become a trainer at this brand new boutique gym that had just opened. From a friend of ours, um, Shara, at Dose, who is now at Dose. Um, and I thought, you know what, why not? I'm just going to go for it. Um, I had no intention of ever being a trainer. Like, that was not in my mind.
0: And what does, what does being a trainer of your gym mean? Like, what does that look like?
1: So it's like different boutique gyms have different classes different concepts so there might be a spin concept where you ride a bike or uh, with 40 people in a room and an instructor at the front Mm. telling you what to do along to music dark lighting nightclub kind of vibes um with like a flashy change room that's basically a boutique gym Mm. um or there might be a boxing concept where you, you essentially punch a bag let out all your grief do it to music and have fun um the concept I was going to audition for, which is the one that I still teach now, is a running and dumbbell concept. So there's 20 treadmills in the room, 20 boxes, you do intervals between the two, like exercises with dumbbells while you're on the floor and then on the treadmill, endurance runs, sprints and all of that fun stuff. So yeah, I went to audition for that.
0: So I love I or love, oh, I'm really interested by the state of mind that these kind of classes encourage Mm. because you talked about like nightclub vibes dark lighting flashing lights really loud good music Mm -hmm. well not always but (laughs) and and it it does take you into this interesting place where you kind of you know psychologically speaking you stop connecting with your your conscious sense of self and you kind of just are in the moment of exercise Mm -hmm. um and i and i love taking part in that but I suppose it's also interesting to think about the fact that it's not just a physical experience and hearing you talk about your time in the city it it wasn't just a physical experience it was providing you something more than that Mm -hmm. which I think is quite cool
1: yeah
0: um so all right so you've just uh described the birth of food and lycra Mm -hmm. what is food and lycra I mean, I'm sure lots of people know about it. Yeah, I know they do. But <laughs> what What is if you could describe it?
1: Food and Lycra. I, I hate to call it a blog because we're not a blog, even though we've got a blog.
0: Are you a brand?
1: I, I think it's the comma. Mm. It is definitely our vehicle to pushing out the message that it's not all about diets. Um fitness isn't all about diets, it's also about having a healthy state of mind with your relationship with your body mm. and food and moving, you know, and it never being a punishment. And it's something that everyone should embrace no matter what you look like or who you are. And there's ways you can do that and it's it's showing that you can do that. And we're free girls different shapes and sizes, different abilities, but we're all doing that and mm. we face those struggles that wouldn't do and have um, just because of the environment that we live in, but showing that that's okay, we are still doing this, you can too. If mm. we can, you can, you know. It's like bridging that gap um, where some people, some a lot of, I guess we appeal mostly to women, um, i men meant to, actually, um, but saying, listen, you can do this like, and, and putting some belief there.
0: Mm. Yeah, I really like that. I remember that your, your tagline when you first started was, we run to eat. Yeah. And I, I always thought that was quite cool because it, it kind of described that you have like a kind of whole spectrum of life mm-hmm. and that you can have this kind of indulgent uh, experimental food side and also this fun exercise side and that they can kind of complement each other
1: yeah 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 and I think I think we run it was like a hashtag we run to eat and it it was born off the fact that on the weekend we'd plan to run to a restaurant huh so we'd go for brunch somewhere that was like a new popping place where we wanted to try the menu and we would be like all right let's start here and then our run route is to here and all we we'll have on us is a phone and card. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get there and then we'll eat. And that was basically it. And it was like our whole thing was food tastes so good after a workout. Sure. You know, and we loved that feeling. We love that feeling of feeling accomplished on a Sunday or a Saturday, going for that run and then going to eat after. It was yeah, just great. True. And then you're spending time with your friends as well. Mm-hmm. It was wicked,
0: man. Right? I feel like you've you touched on something really interesting. I want to explore, which is that for me, the wellness industry or the fitness industry is one of contradiction and, and 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 confusion. This is my personal view because I think it's it's really empowering that there's this focus on you know looking after your body and pushing your ability. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that comes along with this kind of um, pressure or higher expectation. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder how you kind of balance that personally, you know, as someone who works in industry and you know, hearing you talk about it, it seems like you have a strong opinion on like how fitness or your body should be kind of interacted with.
1: What do you mean pressure and high expectation?
0: So like when I think about the kinds of adverts that I see or the kind of um social media content that I often see. It, there's you know really beautiful bodies mm. that have had lots of hours put into them yeah um or people doing really amazing things you know like lifting really heavy weights or or you know um bending in really in, in yeah. intricate ways yeah and so I feel like um you know in terms of like body aesthetic or expectations around mm. like capability that might have the bar might have got higher
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: So I kind of view the wellness industry or fitness as, like, a good thing Mm -hmm. because it's putting a focus on that. But I also feel like it's kind of come along with this.
1: Yes, yeah, This increased
0: focus on, like, you know, looking a certain way or being able to do a certain thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there is a a big pressure now, I guess. Um, In terms of aesthetic, which is something I'm quite passionate about, it doesn't mean, like, just because someone's got a six-pack doesn't mean they're healthy. Like, a lot of... A lot of, like, bikini models um, and, like, f- physique models, the things they do to look like that aren't healthy.
0: Mm. Like dehydration.
1: Exactly. So
0: this is something I've, I've learned about through kind of boxing and MMA, worlds, well, is like, people, and I didn't realize the models that do this, but they'll cut out fluids. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. So they drink lots of fluid running up, and then it teaches the body to get rid of fluid. Quickly, um, and then the day before, or like seventy-two hours, something like that. No fluids, and then the body continues um, getting rid of all of the fluid, and then you just you're in a dehydrated state because most of our body is made up of water, mm. and the less water is mm. there, then you just all you've got is muscle, fat, and bone, and so you're going to look so lean and slim. But that's not actually how people are day to day.
0: What and it's literally. It's literally unhealthy, as in you're yeah, you taking yourself to like a near death state. Yeah, you know?
1: and which which goes on to the point. So, so physique models and also athletes, I wouldn't necessarily say either of those are healthy. Even though, like an athlete, they've gone to the best of their ability, they've pushed themselves. Every athlete has been injured, mm. but it's because they need to push themselves to that extent. Your everyday athlete doesn't actually need to do that to like they're not competing there's it may seem healthy because these people are pushing their abilities but in the long run it's not actually healthy
0: that yeah I always thought about that in terms of peaking so you know if you have a competition or a fight or you know some kind of thing that you're aiming for you put all your effort into peaking at that specific Mm -hmm. point yeah so you know you might have these heightened abilities for like a 24-hour window yeah you know, whereas you know the kind of the kind of work that you're doing is about like a lifetime.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's where that's where it, like the whole wellness industry can get confusing because there's so many crossovers. Um, people people will want to train like athletes, but forget that you. I'm not an Olympic athlete. Mm. You know, and that's where like
0: genetically <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: genetically and also in your training, you don't need to train like that mm. um, because it, it can get to a point where it's actually unhealthy for you. Um, and these people, these Olympians have different goals. You know, if your goal is to be healthy, you don't actually need to train like mm. an Olympian. And also if your goal is to be healthy, you don't need to look like a physique model. Mm it's it, actually what they're doing is not very good for you lot mm. of them um so yeah it's and I guess we are as humans we're stimulated by the visuals, you know, um and what we see, we think okay that's that's healthy it's yeah. hard to it's hard to read into it like, well we're lazy as well, we don't want to read into it and find out actually what is healthy, but being in this industry, I know that all right these things aren't actually good for you mm. but it's hard to communicate that without an actual visual representation um people like the shiny stuff
0: yeah so like i guess this is a, a personal question and i'm putting you on the spot but like you've got an instagram account and that's mm. obviously part of how you generate business and you know you also do stuff that i think is really cool like you put workout videos which need zero props uh, so it's completely accessible, mm-hmm. but you must have to make decisions about the types of images or videos you put out. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you balance getting kind of getting the balance right between it being shiny yeah. while it also being like healthy or appropriate?
1: Yeah. Um, if I if I get a feeling in my stomach that this doesn't feel right, that it's not genuine to me. Mm-hmm. Then I won't post it and I've had those conversations with myself before I'm just like is this me is this do I cringe before I post this then mm. if I'm cringing then it's not right there's something not right I try and and it's difficult the bigger you get it the more difficult it becomes but I think integrity is is so key um and I just don't think i would be able to live with myself if I start. If I was that person promoting protein, you know, mm. which I like. I mean, us, me, and Food and Lycra, we've been approached by so many protein companies. You know, please promote this. We'll pay you this much. Here's a discount code you can give to your followers. But then you've got to really take yourself out of it. You, you're just like, okay, that that bit of money would be great, but really, what am I? What What is my Instagram account for? Is mm. this benefiting? My followers, am I being true to me? Would I buy this protein? Um, do I know enough about it to then promote it to people? Because all your followers—they follow you because they trust you. Mm. And like, are you are you just like? It feels like you're just being dishonest with them. If you're if you're sell, you're selling out basically.
0: Man, I have never thought about it like that. People trust. They trust you and they follow you. Like yeah. it, it, it comes together. Yeah, yeah, there is, I mean, there is a responsibility there. Um, I think that's really, I think that's really powerful. And so I wonder, who do you trust and follow? Like, in terms of the wellness industry, like who are some people that you kind of look up to or you think are doing really cool stuff?
1: Mm. Um, My favourite account at the moment is Pierre's Pierre's Elite Performance. Okay. Um, It's a guy in Canada he has got this sick gym. And it's, it's very sport-specific kind of training. Um, like a really explosive, plyometric kind of drills. And and I'm just, I love it. And I love his energy. You can hear him coaching kids and adults. And he's just like, yeah, money, money, that's money. And I'm just like, yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it, and I learn a lot from him as well. And I apply it to my coaching with teams. Because so, I've got a team that I'm coaching at the moment. And... Um, and the kind of drills that are needed to
0: be specific to their sport. Yeah, that's really cool.
1: Yeah, so I really like that account. Um, Do
0: you want more? Yeah, I want more. I want more. Yeah, like, everything you're saying is is making me think of so many questions I want to ask you. But we just have, I mean, Pierre, I'm sure Pierre's great, but who else else is inspiring? Um,
1: uh, Shona Virtue.
0: Who's that? What's that? So
1: she is a PT and a yogi. Um, She used to teach David Beckham yoga. wow yeah wow. So, but she's great she's really knowledgeable she's been in the industry for years um, she's also a woman of colour who's repping in the British fitness industry she's actually from Australia oh we've
0: got we've got a visitor I don't know who that is <laughs> so we had a, a brief intermission for Kim to deal with the postman because we're, <laughs> we're just real out here it's not what she wanted it's, it's a package yeah. for someone else
1: Never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're talking about Shona. Um, yeah. Go on. Um.
1: Yeah, a woman of colour in an industry where it's predominantly white, um, and really knowledgeable. I, I really respect her.
0: Mm. So I really wanna, I really wanna pick up that that thread of conversation about representation in the wellness industry. Um, but yeah, is there anyone else you wanna kind of just give a shout out to that you think is doing yes. really cool stuff?
1: Um, Charlie who is Daddy Dark, founder of Run Them Crew, legendary guy, very real, always keeps it real, and he is, oh, he's just a ledge, man. He is one of the guys who is behind a lot of movements happening right now, like a lot of the people who came to Run Them Crew are doing big things right now, who aren't even necessarily in wellness or fitness mm-hmm. whether that's music whether that's like brands or you know other sub-movements like Charlie
0: Charlie's like set the path there for people you know I remember years ago you were doing a lot of running with Run Crew and and I was like oh I'm gonna come along and I didn't make it happen and that is a regret of mine it did seem like a really cool movement and group of people and so Charlie's actually one of my fitness crushes that I just mm-hmm. know through Instagram yeah I think he doesn't know me but I know him yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and watching his journey moving into yoga um, there was something about the openness and vulnerability that he showed in, in his teacher training that I was like do you know what yeah I have heard such great things about this person but I'm seeing it in action here. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I have to give ma- like maximum props to him because it wasn't, there was zero ego involved. Yeah. And it was a real learning experience for me just watching him go through that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he's on my list of people that I really want to contact and, and yeah, like, hey, I love what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe we should
1: go to his yoga class.
0: Yes, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So is sizzle on the road in the yoga class.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: So you you touched upon um, representation when you were talking about Shona. Yeah. Um, So why is that on your mind, or why do you think that that's important?
1: I mean, we, like, what I was talking about earlier, um, what we, like, we're so stimulated by visuals, you know? And if you can't see someone doing something, someone who looks like you doing something, then you are less likely to do that thing, mm. you know? So if you just see white women doing fitness, you, for me, as um, British Asian, I will look and just think, there's no place for me there. Like, I'm not wanted there, or mm. I, I don't fit in. It's mm. not for me. That's not for me. Um, I... I for me, I tend to not think like that. But I know for a lot of people, they may not realise that they think like that.
0: Yeah. 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 You know. It's true. And, like, I think that if we're talking about, like, behaviour change or habits, there can be inertia. And so it actually takes a lot of effort to do something different and new. Yeah. So if there are kind of um, layers of, uh, what would we call it, like, it would be the opposite of facilitation. I mm-hmm. can't think of a word, but like almost like things pushing you away from that. Yeah. And so, yeah, like not, not seeing someone that you identify with. Yeah. Would be a, I completely understand how that would be a massive barrier.
1: Yeah. And that, and that brings me back to what I was saying about food and light craft. Like we are girls of all different colors, um, shapes and sizes. And just that in itself makes fitness more accessible to a lot of women of different shapes and sizes of different colours because they look at us and think, well, they can do it and maybe we can as well, you know. I I think a lot of brands need to take responsibility in making sure that what they put out there is representative. Um, Some brands are doing it really well. Some brands still haven't twigged on, you know, like especially in um, working with their... like. A lot of them have got the right models of different colours and shapes and sizes, but when they when it comes to getting influences involved, it's just the same girls, you know, who don't look any different to each the, each other. There's no diversity there, mm. which is a real shame.
0: So, like, I have in my head a, a mental image of the archetypal wellness industry influencer. And I would bet it's exactly the same as they was just in your head, probably. You know, in terms of like tans and blonde, yeah, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I completely hear that. I think that ah, oh, was it was it at the Nike Nike London video? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Ah, oh,
0: that was day, yeah. that was amazing. Like I just felt like they managed in that video to capture the essence of of the London that I know. Yeah, and that that made me like you know growing up Nike was always the brand right yeah. and and to be honest I was quite skeptical of that I was like mm, everyone wears it but why yeah and actually seeing that video I was like do you know what you guys are great at what you do because yeah. even applying like a really cynical lens to that yeah they actually did capture the essence and that that to me was like yeah respect I mean mm-hmm. it, it made me think more of them as a brand yeah
1: yeah that's- same, to be honest. Like, I've never really given it much thought. Like, uh, growing up, everyone wore Nikes. I wore Nike. Nike was a brand. And um, boys had Nike in their Air hair, cuts, you know. Yeah. i still got my Nike gold earring, you know. Like, it was the swoosh, like, tick, swoosh. It, it meant so much more to people. Mm. It's a part of London culture. It's mm. mad to think it, but now on reflection, I'm just like, whoa. It, how can a brand have that that much impact on a city? And yeah, Nike did really well to put that together in the video and really capture it like that. I was just, I was really impressed.
0: Mm. I was just like, wow. Something else I really rated was um, the Serena t-shirts.
1: Oh yeah, that's it. Oh man, the
0: poem on it. Jeez, so that good. was so spot on. Um, She's a girl actually who went to London. No way. Yeah. So I follow her on Twitter, and I love all the stuff that she posts about articulation and expression. The fact that she went to rundown crew is, is perfect, really. Yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, I suppose that's a great example of what you said about Charlie facilitating these kind of yeah. other other movements um, or being a
1: part of, you know. Mm,
0: yeah, that's sick. Uh,
1: Charlie's definitely a part of my my
0: growth, mm. definitely. So something that I wanted to talk about when you were describing Pierre and his account Mm -hmm. was this kind of um athlete specific training yeah so what I what I always wanted to know yeah is when you as a trainer meet someone for the first time what is the process you go through to work out where they're at athletically and physically and then I mean, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but like, I kind mm. of imagine that you kind of almost break someone down and think yeah. about all the different parts of their body. Like, how do you do that?
1: It's just an assessment, really. So you assess how they move. So you get them to do a squat, an overhead squat with no weights, just like um like a bar, but a light bar or like a wooden stick kind of thing, a mobility stick. Um, get them to do lunges. Um, you look at their core. You assess how their body moves, if there's any weaknesses anywhere, um, just with body weight movements. And from there, you know what you need to work on. There's all different abilities. Some people can't even reach down to tie up their shoelaces, you know, or some some clients, they're coming in and they're really good, but they just need help with, like, getting faster at running. You know, it's so, it's so varied. You can meet so many different people. Um, and no client is similar. Mm. You know, like they're all on different journeys. Um, and that's why it's called personal training. It's like such a difference to that and the kind of class environment.
0: That's no, so true. The um, So I've experienced like boxer size type classes. Mm-hmm. And I've also experienced Moreno boxing, which is where I train mm-hmm. and, they they do classes there but the emphasis is very much on personal instruction and technique and actually like you know you can see the tension there in terms of you want the high enough quality in terms of actually teaching people Mm -hmm. not just the movements but like the rationale yeah um and class size because obviously Mm -hmm. you know you've got you've got to make money but you also want to do something that you're like you said um you know proud of in terms of your integrity. so, yeah, I guess it's kind of cool that you are able to to train people
1: yeah. personally. Yeah.
0: Um, have you ever met someone, like, obviously no names, but that was really fit in a lot of ways but had a, a kind of single unknown weakness, like quite a glaring weakness?
1: Yes. Yeah, I have. Um, but it's, it's always one that they don't realise. You know, it's, it's quite like, I can't say it's without. Like,
0: <laughs> well, the reason I ask that question is like I guess for me when when my friends started getting into exercise outside of like football or basketball or whatever it was basically just bicep curls that was like the introduction oh, right I really it was like oh I want to get big biceps so I'm just going to do this or it was sit ups like, I remember my friend in year seven was just doing sit ups yeah because he wanted to six pack so desperately yeah and so. I imagine that there are lots of people out there that kind of have this foundation that is not actually well-rounded.
1: Yes, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So
0: I suppose I wondered if you've kind of noticed any patterns in that in terms of things that people could work on that they might not be doing generally?
1: I have, I have yet to meet anyone who's not a PT. Sometimes some PTs don't even know it. That hasn't got something missing from from what they're currently doing. You know, it's 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 very rare mm. actually. That's that's quite like even a level three won't really teach you how to to make a well rounded programme. Well actually some depends on the level three actually, level three PT qualification, some do, but you could get away with not really knowing that and passing.
0: So, like, what is well-rounded? If we think about fitness, yeah, I I don't know. Like, are there different ways to break up what fitness is?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can your cardiovascular system, like getting that um, fitter. Um, Also, your strength. You know, um, the way you move. You can. There's different planes of movement. um, There's different areas of your body to get stronger. So, strength training works in. You're pushing. You're pulling. You're hinging. You're squatting. your unilateral training, whether you're um, using one leg at a time or both legs at mm. a time, there's so much like there's so much to do. It's almost difficult to fit it all in. And there's your mobility as well, and um, uh, and and working on that. There's just so many aspects, and even down to your breathing and your focus. It it just depends which road you want to go down. But it's almost never ending. It's always more things that
0: you can improve on. I suppose that that's where I always think about professional athletes because mm-hmm. they spend a whole day, yeah. you know, working working on their their fitness, and you know that, and obviously that includes phys- physical therapy and recovery time as well. Yeah, of
1: course, sleeping, you're eating is everything, every waking moment.
0: Yeah, uh, and that. So I think that's something that kind of links back to what you were saying earlier about people yeah. might getting involved in fitness and not really realize what their goals are they might be like i want to train like a professional athlete who mm-hmm. you know has enforced naps in in the middle of the day yeah. or has a personal masseuse or or, or whatever mm-hmm. um so i suppose it's important to understand that like personally i think it actually i can't really talk about that i was about like strength versus flexibility and stuff
1: oh yeah
0: <laughs> um so something that we talk about it in psychology as like a therapeutic technique mm-hmm. is the miracle question. Mm-hmm. So we, we will talk to someone about how they would like their life to be right. And the miracle question is basically you wake up one morning and everything is perfect. It's exactly as you want it to be, you know, what, what is it? And so uh-huh. from that, from that kind of ideal situation, you can then think about like steps in order to achieve that? Yeah. So what I think is cool is like, You, as someone who is really passionate about wellness, if you could clip your fingers and change one thing for everyone, like, Mm -hmm. you know, introduce one thing or provide a certain piece of knowledge or, you know, whatever it is, what would it be if you could just, like, across the world bring it in?
1: Oh, God, that's a hard question. (laughs) You can't say that. Across the world is even more difficult.
0: Yeah, okay, just London.
1: All right, just London. Across
0: the world is too hard.
1: I think for London specifically,
0: there's several. All right, okay, I'll allow you several.
1: Okay, uh, less stress.
0: That's a huge one.
1: And it's not doing us any good. It's just making us sick. Um, Less alcohol. Mm. We drink a lot. Depending on the generation, actually, as well. Younger generation seems to drink less.
0: Do you think so? Mm-hmm. Huh. Is that because we we set a kind of bad... I don't
1: know what it is, but more of them don't want to drink. They go out. They prefer to go to a fitness class.
0: That's that's an amazing change, right? Yeah. That's a really interesting change.
1: So we're talking like 25 under. A lot of them have different habits to our generation at like 30s. Um, who are socializing is heavily reliant on drinking, mm. whereas a lot of the younger generation are going out to fitness classes with their mates.
0: It's so funny because physiologically it does provide you with a high, Yeah, you know, in terms of endorphins, and I suppose it's cathartic in terms of um, allowing you to burn off mm-hmm. stress hormones. So that's really interesting that someone would choose that well and actually we were talking earlier about these kind of non-ordinary states of mind that are created by being with a group of people in a dark room with flashing lights and music and it's mm-hmm. quite kind of um it's quite not, not therapeutic it's quite uh bonding it's quite yeah. different from everyday life yeah,
1: yeah yeah
0: um it's like an escape it is that so that's so interesting
1: because if you're in an office all day staring at your computer and then mm. you get to go to what is, in essence, a nightclub with treadmills and dumbbells for about 45 minutes of your day, mm. it's quite a highlight.
0: So I wonder, and I, I have this debate a lot, actually, with some of my friends about, um, so you mentioned stress and the, so for me, I, I equate exercise with reducing stress. Mm. But then I do think about this younger generation who are going to... Their version of a nightclub is an exercise class, right? Yeah. Um, and so if, assuming they're doing a hit class or something that's really intense, actually that's going to provide them with a certain level of stress as well yes, in terms of definitely. physical stress.
1: Yeah, and that's where there's... If you're already very stressed out and then trying to ease that stress with hit class after hit class, you're actually doing your body a lot of damage. I mean, I wouldn't do... I wouldn't do, for me personally, I wouldn't do more than two HIT classes a week. But then there's some people who are doing two of them in a day. Mm. Five, six times a
0: week, which is mental. And so I suppose, firstly, you know, across a population, there are always going to be some people who are predisposed to some kind of addiction or compulsive behavior Mm -hmm. um and and, you know exercise in terms of the endorphins and and also maybe the social releases that we talked about it could be addictive Mm -hmm. um so i I suppose i'm not surprised that you know some people are doing what i would regard as like an unhealthy amount of exercise yeah if so if you could and this is the opposite of personal training so excuse me but like if you could break down a week like the perfect Say someone's working a nine to five, the perfect kind of week of fitness. Okay. What would it be?
1: That's a really difficult question because it depends on what your goals are. True. Um, so I couldn't I couldn't prescribe one perfect week that will fit everyone. Um also depends on your size,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, depends on your habits, depends on your how much you work as well, like and whether you can fit that amount in. Um so I can't answer that. <laughs> but I would say a general one for someone who doesn't work out, at least half an hour of movement a day. And movement can just be walking, mm. you know, which is not as stressful. Mm. And I think a lot of people who are doing hit classes, a lot of them can actually, instead of a HIIT class, go for a walk instead. Um, so there'll be movement in terms of that, and there'll be movement in terms of strength training because I believe that everyone needs to do strength training. Um, it helps get our bones stronger as we get older. Our muscle density just decreases, and to protect our bones, we need to we need to do strength training. Um, it not only helps us physically, but it helps our brains as well work better. Um, and I, I say that one is hugely, hugely important, which is part of the reason why I train my mum. Even though she's 68, she's only learning how to do a squat with dumbbells and I'm getting her to do deadlifts. But it's so important to, to do that. Um, so yeah, hugely. And mobility as well. I know it's it's those things that I mentioned earlier, but aspects of those three, I think, like a perfect week
0: do you know I love that answer because firstly uh it humbled me because obviously when I asked the question I was kind of I was asking for such a kind of general response and I didn't even consider stuff like disability or resource in terms of access to exercise or um training or the internet or whatever Mm -hmm. so that's always a great start um but also the fact that Really, it seems like you know there are some quite simple components that people can be thinking about in terms of some kind of getting your heart rate going even mm-hmm. if that's just walking some kind of strength training and some kind of mobility training and that that can kind of fit into most days really mm-hmm. yeah um when you talk about mobility training, what do you mean because I'm kind of imagining like stretching, but i don't know if that's i don't know if that's what you're thinking I about. mean
1: If you're doing some strength work, then stretching will help significantly. But mobility isn't flexibility. Um, Mobility is having the strength to sustain that flexibility. Mm. So you can be super mobile and really flexible, but your muscles might not be strong enough to protect you from the injuries that might occur from that flexibility. Mm. So a lot of, like a friend of mine is really mobile, but... If you if you maybe go on a long distance run, that mobility might cause you some injury. Because if you're always if your knees always go to a certain way, which is due to your hypermobility, and you keep on pounding the pavement, and then you're just like going towards that, it's just accentuating that mobility more, and then you just get injured. Mm. So it's just having the strength to maintain to maintain good form with and have the strength to keep your body in the correct alignments given your flexibility.
0: Got you. So it kind of comes back to what you're talking about at the beginning in terms of like uh, you were getting injured running because you have weak glutes. So you Mm -hmm. started getting into a different type of training. There, Yeah. And
1: I was also really mobile. Mm. Well, really flexible.
0: Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. So I kind of think about the end of conversations being about what's next. So... Mm. The first thing is what I really love about your Instagram is that you do try and put out videos that are like, z- you need zero stuff. You, can li- you just need a body and you yeah. can do it. And I think that that's really cool. But if someone was at a place of zero fitness and they were thinking about some simple purchases, mm-hmm. what, is there anything you'd recommend in terms of like a, almost like a starter kit to yeah. getting yourself a bit fitter?
1: starter kit to be honest for someone who is completely brand new you don't need anything you just need to take yourself outdoors and start with that walk and set a target and run to that target and keep on doing it repeatedly and and a lot of people can't squat let alone do it with weight so those body weight exercises are absolutely fine that will be enough so squatting lunging single leg exercises are brutal because you're bearing all your weight on one leg and so you're you're going to get stronger from that um press-ups a lot of people can't do them you know like And going to the regressions of it, like on your knees or a tabletop press up, um, and like pulling movements. Well, you could hold a Superman, like laying on the floor, and that helps you work your back muscles. It's you don't need anything to start off with. Once you've got the body weight movements to a T, that's when I say start introducing some equipment. I think the only piece of equipment that could potentially help. With bodyweight exercises, the only thing that is potentially missing from it is the pulling movement. So you've got the pushing movement from press-ups, you've got the squat movements, um, you've got the lunging movements with one leg, you've got the hinge movement where you can do glute bridges and hip thrusters. The only thing that's missing is pulling, which will help work your back muscles and your biceps. And normally with calisthenics and bodyweight exercises, you'd use bars for that, so pull-ups, um, Australian pull-ups which is a bit easier where you've got your legs out in front of you or you can bend your knees and pull but that, that will involve a bar so really you don't need to buy that you could go out to the park and do mm. that um, but something that will help you do that is bands or um, yeah a band a band would help you do that and I guess bands are also the next step up from body weight and then after that you go. you can go to weights or more explosive work but really it i i could do a workout with no weights and live the rest of my life happily.
0: no stock it needed just maybe some bands
1: maybe some bands i mean if you i would if i had no equipment for the rest of my life my workouts would be calisthenics based where it's bars pull-ups press-ups and and it would also be sprinting, track, short sprints, some long sprints as well, because um, that's quite powerful. Mm. The work there, and mm. um, leg-based things. I'd say if you weights are helpful and they are complement to that, um, it helps you g- get you stronger to to work your sprints and mm. so on or accessory work, but. You don't necessarily need them to be healthy. It helps you sculpt your body. Sure, weights will definitely help you do that. But
0: it's not necessarily needed. Got you. Um, and, and I kind of love that, that actually your body is your tool. That, mm. That's quite cool. So the last thing that I want to ask is just who do you think it would be cool for me to talk to if, you, if I wanted to kind of explore wellness or fitness more? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone you'd recommend that I, that I chat to?
1: Um, and what what aspects would you look?
0: Well, I suppose, at? I suppose. what do you think is interesting out there?
1: Um, I think Charlie would be a great person
0: to talk to. Mm.
1: Uh, he'll give you a different standpoint to the normal PT, normal fitness instructor who will talk to you quite technically about how, what you should be doing in the gym, um, what moves you, how many reps you have, should do, how many sets you should do. But from like a, a mindful point of view, kind of like a different perspective on it all um, and how the mind plays into it. Um, he's done a lot of work around that and he, the words he'll speak will help, has helped inspire so many people I feel like he'll
0: be a great person to Mm. talk to. Boom. That's cool.
1: Can we just go back to the weights bit? Yeah, of course. Because I am actually passionate about lifting weights.
0: Okay. Why?
1: Because it's helped my body in so many ways. And it also has actually helped me become better at sprinting.
0: Huh. So, okay. I, I feel like, as your friend, I've seen you go... Through an evolution where you were running a lot, and then there was this shift, and you were like, Actually, I'm gonna start doing strength and power training. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so how has it, it shaped your body and how has it influenced your sprinting?
1: So, I've never been a good endurance runner, um, and that's why I started doing it because I wasn't good at it and I hated it.
0: Also, Kim says this as someone who has completed marathons, <laughs> yeah. oh, marathons, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: <laughs> So, I absolutely hated running two k was terrible for me i remember I remember running eight hundred meters with my brother when I was younger down the road and we were going out on a job. this was my first job, and I was dying. I was absolutely dying, and I just made it my mission to to like i thought if I can do something I hate, then who knows what I can do in the future mm. do You know what I mean I was like if I can do a half marathon. That means I can control my mind and I can make my body do something that I absolutely
0: hate. Do you know what, yeah, so I I love this, and this is a theme that's come out of some of my research into boxing, Mm. which is putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation intentionally helps to create a different narrative about who you are. Mm. It's like, uh, I'm choosing to get up early and do this 5K run. I'm choosing to really push myself with sprints and, and, and sparring I'm choosing in your case to do something that you dislike mm-hmm. because it will show you you have the resource to do other stuff in the future that's a really cool theme that I had I'd never even thought about before I started mm-hmm. having these kind of conversations and doing and doing research to boxing
1: yeah
0: and that's a really like that's a really powerful thing that's fitness to be able to do is change the narrative that you have about yourself yeah that's that's a uh, I mean, that's just my passionate, passionate yeah. tangent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it it that's how it did start for me actually, and it's just been a knock on effect since then. But yeah, it's super empowering. Mm. If you can if you can tell your your body use your mind to tell your body to do something it doesn't want to do, mm. and in your heart and soul you don't want to do it. But you've got that mind control. It's so empowering. You just think, damn, I can do anything. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that's why all those half marathons happened and london marathon happened it was just I, mean, I guess i was just trying to prove something to myself um but yeah like after that i felt like i didn't need to prove anything to myself anymore and it's now time and I, i've got this love for movement why don't i do a movement that i'm actually good at because mm-hmm. <laughs> i was fighting it i was really fighting but my body just isn't that great at endurance running i got there and i was just like okay I'm actually really good at um, strength work, like anything that involves powerful kind of stuff or strength. And I actually enjoyed it as well. So I just thought, let me just embrace this mm. this feeling right now. And I found that I was actually quite good at it. Um, so I just ran with it and started deadlifting, squatting. That was more recent to the pull-ups actually. Mm. So pull up, being able to do a pull-up was really empowering because not a lot of women unfortunately can't do it but it's just because of the way it's in our environment we're a product of our environment mm. we're not told we are able to do it and we are told that it's rare for a woman to do it and therefore we take this defeated kind of point of view on it a lot of women might do or some women were like no i'm gonna <laughs> go against the grain and go mm. against the rules and this is i can i can do it and i'll train to do it but a lot of men will be like because of the environment it's just like, you should be able to do a pull up. And so you will take no for an answer, so you would just go out and try and do it and keep trying until you can do it.
0: And that's something that's really a great lesson that the body can teach you mm. is that if you put in the time, you'll quite often get out the result. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're thinking about your journey to the first pull up, yeah. it it was effort and, and it was dedication, and then it happened. Mm-hmm. And now, on a, on a bad day, how many products do you say you're doing?
1: In in total, or in one go? In one go. On a bad day,
0: probably be eight. That's really. I mean, that's brilliant. But I feel like on a on a normal distribution curve, <laughs> that that would be that would be great. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's I've come a long way from not being able to do one. Yeah, um, but it's it is a time and effort you put into it and believing you can. Once you do one, you're like, oh damn, I can do this. Mm. You know, um, I've totally forgotten what we were talking about earlier.
0: So you were talking about how um strength training changed your body and yes, and,
1: yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, I've been I've been so I was working on sprints before, but that was in relation to my endurance running to get me better at that, and then I went to power kind of like lifting weights because I enjoyed it. And now that's taken me back to sprinting. I've realized I'm much better at sprinting now because I've got the power in my legs through all the weight training and my form is so much better. And I can just apply all of the background work that I was doing before mm. into it. Um, so don't get me wrong when I say I could live without weights, like I don't need them but I definitely love them. I think, I think it's great and it's a great thing to have and to use to help you to be an accessory to whatever you are, whatever your goal is. There, there's a
0: place for it. No, and I think that, that's a, I'm really glad that you mentioned and kind of brought us back to that because it's it's a narrative that I think, from my point of view, I don't often see being associated with women in terms mm. of, up their strength yeah um you know from my point of view when i think about my friends you know there's quite often a focus on losing weight or being a certain size mm-hmm. um, or looking a certain way which is often slim yeah um and so i do i do think that's just you know from my limited uh online and, and magazine experience there mm-hmm. has been a slight shift in terms of um encouraging increased strength Yeah. So I think I think that's really cool. And obviously it's really interesting for me to hear about your personal fitness journey because Mm -hmm. obviously you train people but you also train yourself. Yeah. And I really like the idea that you were sprinting, didn't sprint for ages, and have come back to it and actually you're finding you're better at it because of work that you were doing on your body in other areas. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: really nice
0: actually, really enjoying it. Mm. Um but yeah. That's wicked. So, is there anything else you think you want to talk about or mention um, just before we kind of wrap up? Uh, I don't
1: think so. Not that anything that comes to mind right now. I'm sure it comes to mind after.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, and so also just to kind of uh, frame this conversation, there are so many other things that we haven't talked about in terms of like um, your favourite training methods and techniques mm. and, and for me that just shows how broad an area it is. It's really exciting. Um, so potentially that could be another conversation and also potentially that could be something that the sizzle gets through talking to other people. Yeah. Um and me going on Pierre and, and, and <laughs>
1: Instagram.
0: Um, so that's cool. Um, so where can people find you?
1: Um on Instagram mainly uh Kimako I don't know, like, everyone's just like, what is that? <laughs> and I get emails with first name Kim, last name Mako, I'm just like, that's not my name, mate. <laughs> but that is, it's a hybrid of nicknames that I've received over the past, however, so many years, and it was my, because my Instagram account didn't start as a business account. Yeah. It was very much, hi, selfie, Kim. here's a picture of my food. <laughs> And now it's just naturally evolved into what helping me what do what I do now. Mm. Um,
0: so obviously Kim and Kimmy I get, but where does how does the co fit in? Or so, the Mako? How does that fit? So
1: one of my best mates, Emma, would always call me Ko Huh. For some reason, just be like, Kimmy Ko. Um, and but Kimmy Ko without the Kim was taken on Instagram already. Oh what? <laughs> Why who? I don't know, I'm gonna And um, yeah, and then another, another one of my friends calls me Kime. so she'd be like Kime
0: mm.
1: So it's a hybrid of the two. <laughs>
0: Do you know what? It just reminds me of uh, old email addresses. Oh, my. Everyone, ha- everyone has them. I remember uh, Vicky, who was in my class in year nine, yeah. her email address. I don't know if she still uses this, so, I mean, let's assume she doesn't, because i she's going to get random emails. Yeah. But it was, I is the girl. I, oh. i I. <laughs> that is
1: bad. <laughs> you know,
0: they're, they're, they're out yeah. there. They're out yeah,
1: there. I mean, but. When you keep it to adult life, you know, that's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: so if like I could just get your email. <laughs> like, huh, well, uh... All right, cool. So people can check you on Insta.
1: Yeah, on Insta, um, on Kimeko, and also Food and Lycra. Um, and we've got a website, Food and Lycra too. Um, but I'm sure
0: all these details will be below. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in, in, in. in oral and in textual yes. forms. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, kids. Yeah. Well, great to chat to you. Um, so good. And I mean, what people won't hear is your reaction when that parcel finally gets opened.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: from, from the delivery person. Oh,
1: yeah, mate.
0: <laughs> it's a car tickets. A oh, car yeah. Ticket. Awesome. sizzle.